0: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of getting hammered i am mary Catherine ham your host I'm here with my co-host Vic mattis of the washington free beacon we are your morning show for any hour Vic, it's the holiday season and doop dee do i am tired <laughs> they didn't they don't brief you on this part when you're a kid
1: no they don't and i was very tired and you know i'm still recovering from my her disc, and now the sciatica. So the back is better. So it's like it, the pain has migrated uh, down uh, to like the leg, particularly now the calf and the ankle. So that's where it is. Yeah. But
0: sciatica is just a word that sounds old. It's it is old, old and
1: my you know, my sciatica. my late aunt my late aunt Dolly she used to complain all the time. Oh my sciatica! And We used to laugh about it, you know. Yeah. Well, but I'm not laughing anymore, Aunt Dolly. Yeah, so, it's
0: a real thing. Yeah. sciatica no, pain no. is uh, I, I no joke. Her,
1: I need her intercession. So. I'm tired, but I got a bit of a jolt this morning. Okay. So I like to open up the show with a public service announcement, a PSA. <laughs> and the PSA is to beware of black ice. Ooh. Yes. So early this morning, as you know, in the Virginia and the, the D.C. area, it was very snowy, icy yesterday morning. And then it warmed up a little bit. But then last night, it dipped below freezing. Mm-hmm. So then we're driving this morning. I'm bringing my son to his bus stop, but it's over in McLean. So it's about 15 minutes away. On time, everything's on schedule. And then I see this slowdown on Dominion Road, old Dominion, and all of a sudden, you know, there there's like an 18-wheeler, he's braked, he's braking, and the car's behind him. And then I start to slow down, and then I'm like, what's happening here? And next thing you know, I'm on the black ice. And so now I'm I have my foot like pressed hard against the which is not you're not supposed to do this, pressed hard against the brake, and it's just sliding. And I see myself going into the car and front, I'm like no, this really. isn't happening this is not happening and then i had to decide because obviously the professional thing i think you're supposed to do is pump the brakes maybe do a little swerve yeah, yeah, i yeah. think that's what they do because i see some people do that somebody let us swerve. know please listeners let me know what i <laughs> don't let me know what i did wrong i know what i did wrong which was to step really hard on the brake and think to myself am i stepping on the gas why am i not stopping and then it occurred to me oh my gosh this is ice and then I see a tree on the right and I thought, I'm gonna I don't want to hit another car. I'm going for the tree. Oh no. And at the last second came to a stop.
0: Oh, we love that. It oh, is. Oh.
1: Thank you, God. <laughs> yes. Thank you God. It was like as close as Henry Hill's car at the end of Goodfellas. It was very close. But somebody had put like the yellow police tape across all of Dominion. So like the well, entire that, road. Now And wh- that
0: precipitated Yeah, this I don't know why. Maybe slowdown? a tree fell. But you
1: to... would think you would see police at this point. So now everybody had to do a U turn, missed the bus, and I had to drive directly to the school up. In... It was just ridiculous. So yeah. I was in the, on the road for an hour and a half Oof. this morning, well, and that's how I'm I got glad started.
0: You avoided any impact.
1: I yeah, no, lie. I mean, you, you got to look on the bright side. Yeah.
0: That's, oh, that's bright a side. Good, that's like, that would have really thrown your holidays into it. Yeah. Tizzy. A, yeah. I, I had an incident like that once oh. where there were several cars who stopped in front of me. And I, it was very fast, the the stopping, and I I slammed on the brakes, and there was no black ice involved, and I got re- almost like a movie where like I just kissed the bumper in front of yeah, me, a like it was that
1: you tapped, there was a little bit of a tap, a love tap. It
0: and, but wait, and then I look in my rearview mirror, and the guy behind me is not stopping. Oh no! <laughs> and and
1: I was so like, it.
0: Oh well, crunch. Yeah, I did my part though. Anyway.
1: Did his ramming into you force you to ram into the car? Then, yes, So yeah. you were part of a pileup.
0: Yep, I was. I was. It was unfortunate. Okay.
1: No. so how are you doing?
0: You know, I'm all right, but we are very busy. And yeah. even with my attempts to prepare for the fact that we were going to be very busy, I know, I'm not usually a preparer, but I, I at Christmas time, I understand at this point that I have a lot of children, we have a lot of activities, and things are going to go haywire if Crazy. I don't do a little bit of yeah. prep. So mm-hmm. I, I got a lot of... Christmas shopping done, I got a lot of, that was weird how I said that, Christmas shopping? Christmas shopping done. (laughs) It's
1: almost Irish of you. I
0: put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. And then I actually wrapped a bunch of presents. Wow. As I think I noted last week that my parents were going to come up to keep the kids so we could go to a, a wedding. So I had to clear out that room. So I wrapped a bunch of packages. The kids stayed with my parents and with a friend. The big girls did a sleepover with a close friend of mine, had a blast, did a bunch of Christmas-related things while I was gone. And we went down to Steve's brother's wedding, which was beautiful.
1: Congratulations to him. Yes.
0: It was in Tampa. Oh. It was gorgeous. The weather was great. We're out on a water taxi with no sleeves on. I mean, it's like, this is Florida. That's and what you they say, do. Why down there.
1: Why am I not here? They just live that around. way. Yeah.
0: And by the way, I could really get into a tropical Christmas, this melicalikimaka vibe
1: yes. that was happening. I don't think I've ever had a well, tropical. all
0: because all yeah. the palm trees are all lit up. Li- oh, that's nice. Like all the way up. Yeah. Everything was. Like really a long. Corona
1: commercial. And yeah. not
0: warm, warm, like 66 degrees. Pleasant. It was like perfect. Was like,
1: which for them is probably chilly.
0: And <laughs> it is cold for them, but we're sitting outside like this is fantastic. Anyway, beautiful wedding, oh. great party, great food. Congrats to the happy couple. Yes, congratulations. But yes, so we had we had that, which was lovely. Got to spend some good time with Steve's family. And then up, back up. So we went from palm trees and water taxi to snow <laughs> by you know, the next morning. And, but and
1: you also take your chances. We're entering that time of the year where any sort of flight, you know, either at your destination, yes, uh, or where you're taking off from, could be an issue.
0: So ours was almost delayed by wind, delayed a little bit by oh. wind and rain up here, uh-huh. right? Yes. And so they were afraid that we might be Oof. late. We weren't too late. We get in in the afternoon, and I had gotten the opportunity. And you all, if you've if you've heard of these before, you know you sort of jump at the chance to get them. A friend of mine got us slots on a White House tour to see the decorations. Oh yeah. And depending on the year, sometimes they can be very tough to get. And I want to see the decorations. They're fantastic at the yeah. White House. Well, I have a friend who for years has volunteered as a decorator. She does the installation. Oh. She's very skilled. It is a lot of hard work. It's a volunteer gig, and she's done it for years, and she's fantastic at it. So she had the inside, you know, on the on inside track on these. So I I said, Well, when we get back from table, I'll just take the big girls over to the White House. And of course this requires like schlepping to get them at my friend's house, making them change into presentable clothing, getting them over to the White House in time to get in. Do kids
1: need some form of ID though, or no?
0: I was afraid ooh, I just got my pin stuck in my hair. I was afraid that they would. Yeah. But it turns out they don't. The actual briefing book or whatever that yes. you get because you got to do a lot of stuff yeah, to get yeah, into yeah, the White course. House says they do require it for all ages but they don't actually yeah. I went up there they were fine as long as they knew their birthdays I was like come on girls you can do, yes. it. You can do it that's how they verify them good. so we go into the beautiful White House but by then it's pouring rain oh, right. and I park nearby in a garage we walk over but you have to stand outside to go through the screening you have
1: to wait in yeah
0: luckily I feel like this was the this was the guardian angel of the Mayflower looking out for me because in my car was a giant Mayflower umbrella that I have never seen before. And, of course, you know I didn't have anything. The girls had hoods on their coats. I had nothing. So we stood outside in the rain. Luckily, warm rain at this point. Yes, yes, it was Because the night before it, it was, was mild. mild. Yes. Pouring. The girls' coats are completely wet. We're just like drowned little rats hanging out under this thing. We get through the security after, I don't know, 20 minutes in the rain. Through so the security, is see everything. Beautifully done this year. I love the candy theme. It's very whimsical. <laughs> and and then we get done. You know, you hear the Marine Band. They got a little string quartet. It's so lovely. We get our picture taken under the seal. They have a picture taker there for you who grabs your phone and we will do it. Well, oh, yes. For, okay, for you well... and your children.
1: It's, right, it's the new way to do things now. They just gave it. They just caved. They're like, hey, everyone's gonna have yes, a. Fun everybody's gonna spend time use. doing this. Yes, yes. In the olden days, you were held. You know, you yes. had to depend on them.
0: So we get, so we get, out, and when we get out, things got dramatically colder. Oh, because it's yeah, it evening. Already, the yes. storm is picking uh-huh. up. It's still Front. pouring. Oof. I'm getting it. You come out in a different area, so we were further away from our parking garage uh-huh. at this point. No big deal. We we were already wet before, so we'll walk back down to our parking garage.
1: Did you did you remember the umbrella? Yes. I okay. still
0: have the umbrella. They let us carry it inside the White House. Unlike
1: your bag of coke. Which
0: you, you can also carry those it turns out. Yeah, I should yeah. save. Just don't so, don't forget
1: them. Don't forget them in the library or wherever.
0: So I have my giant yeah. umbrella. No, why do I'm you like, say it's mayflower? A mayflower it umbrella? It was a mayflower umbrella. You mean from the hotel? Yes. Like where did I get this? I don't know.
1: Yeah, you stole from the Mayflower, probably in one of those. You know, you remember we used to all go to the Mayflower Bar back in the yeah, day. Like yeah, probably that, took that, it, and it's like make over this, the years, that would make
0: this is a fifteen-year-old yes, umbrella. Could possibly be. Anyway, I don't know where it came from, but the point is, it was helping us out. Yeah. So we cross the street. It's getting gustier. It's getting colder. And then at one point, the storm just unleashes.
1: Oh. Yeah. No, it was a bad day. And
0: I could see people were losing their umbrellas. They were snapping back the other way. And I was like, I understand physics. I'm going to keep this turned into the wind. We're going to be just fine. Girls oh, follow no. me. And at one point, we crossed one street and we needed to cross another. And I just told the girls, like, don't move. Stand with me. Because I was afraid if we walked, they would be blown over. Yeah. It yeah. was that strong. Oh, and then I was like, we're, gonna fight. we're almost there. We got like half a block more to go. And we're taking refuge in, like, little vestibules and stuff. We finally get, like, maybe half a block away, and finally the wind snaps my umbrella. So R.I.P. Mayflower umbrella. Inverted? or in, Inverted and irre- broken. Irre- irreparable. Yes, yes, because oh, I tried to flip it back. Nope, no can do. Oh. We get back to pick up the car, and that's in the under-shelter. Get back to pick up the car, and <laughs> my eight-year-old is like, well, I'm never going to forget this night. <laughs>
1: That's a great line,
0: and not maybe not for the White House ornaments, that's which great. were very nice. No, no, no.
1: But that's a great line. <laughs> yeah. You know, like years from now, you you'll be. It's so interesting. You'll ask your kids when they're older, "Do you remember this?" And it is interesting the stuff that they do remember or not. Yeah. So what did you do with the umbrella? I you think just,
0: this just... one will make an impact. You know what? I threw it in the back of the car just because we were, <laughs> and I was like, maybe it's salvageable. I don't think it's
1: salvageable. I I got once. Uh, Sorry, Mayflower. I got stuck in a rainstorm once. This yeah. is when I was working at the Standard, and I was a corner at the corner of Connecticut and Rhode Island, near where the Brooks Brothers is. And a storm just like that, all of a sudden it just comes down, yeah. you know, the wind, and it lifted up an umbrella from the hot dog stand, from the Sabret hot dogs, and then it, the, the umbrella was fully open, so yeah. then it started rolling, it rolled its way into my car, Oh wow. and 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 of course I'm screaming in the car, but nobody can hear me screaming, because I'm stuck there, because there's a car in front of me, and I'm like, of all places that go, right into my car and crashed into the side, and then rolled over. Wow. And went beyond, which I would prefer. I was, af- I was afraid I would get impaled. Like it's like the omen or something. Like right, right. <laughs> you know, just it final, had, if, final. Was it it final was the destination? final destinations. I was. It's really meant for you. This this hot death by hot dog stand umbrella. Okay. Oh my gosh. Glad that.
0: All right, but one note tour. on the decorations before we move on. It's a little more political. Bear with me. Oh yeah. Beautiful, beautiful decorations everywhere. Really enjoyed them. The one part I would edit. Again, this is not on the designers or the decorators.
1: Not on your friend.
0: Commander is among the decorations. No. So yeah. What do you mean, like? A, like the dog. Like a is, like a, is a figure of the dog, <laughs> is featured at least once. I think more than once throughout. That's
1: scary. Just having yeah, the it's, figure of Yeah, it's like
0: it. menacing. <laughs>
1: I was saying I was thinking about your friend who's doing I know the decorating. You're trying to go for
0: cute dog, but like I just- uh,
1: No, I mean based on the history, I was I was thinking about your kids, and I was thinking about your friend who's doing the decorating. Yeah. It's a good thing the dog is is it's just a figure. Yes, it's, you're right. Paper mache away. better than the, it was, the that's real very deal. Scary.
0: I'm never gonna shut up about them being bad dog owners, but they are bad dog owners. Yeah, and they should not have a cute little puppy commander in. They, well, they wanted their decoration. something.
1: They didn't want a Portuguese water dog like well, no, Obama. The, but they, they also wanted, they also just wanted they check didn't the want box. Millie. They want to
0: check the box. Yeah, check the box. Look at our cool dog. Yeah, you don't have that cool dog because you didn't take care of that cool dog. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, and manly because Biden, you know, makes him look strong.
0: And Commander, although, like, again, it's their fault that Commander lives elsewhere now. So I guess Commander maybe does still deserve a spot in the decorations. But can you imagine? I know we play this game a lot. Can you imagine? Oh. If a Republican president had rehomed a dog because he couldn't properly take care of them, and then he put the cute dog all over the White House Christmas decorations. Nope. Like
1: there was some, there was coverage of the dog eventually when it got so bad after biting like, you know, dozens of people, right? Yeah. Not dozens, but it bit a lot of people. Almost secret like service a agents. dozen probably. Secret service agents, right. <laughs> Sending one like the, in need of emergency yes. care. But that it had to reach critical mass for them to do that.
0: Yeah. Anyway, congrats to everyone on the work that they did on that. Uh, that's just my one little, my one little Very nice. Okay. Can I do a programming note too? Please. I don't know if you know this, Vic. Yeah. The House passed something last night. Oh. And I have written about that thing that it passed because when it comes to pass, that the House is functional enough to pass something, I think we should commemorate that for the people. The Lower Costs, More Transparency Act, okay. which is a bipartisan agreement about increasing transparency in healthcare costs. Oh, right. And it's backed by both parties. It was negotiated with three House committees. It's been on the docket, sorta of, kinda of yanked back and forth since July. Yeah. <laughs> and then it finally got a vote and it is moving on. And Schumer has said that he will pass whatever yeah. comes from the House in a right. bipartisan manner. We yeah,
1: have to do a conference that.
0: And therefore it should be a thing and get to the might president's actually desk. become law. They did a thing. Was, is
1: this going to result in like cheaper med costs or they can't so, uh, jack up prices yeah, so on my I, drugs? Because yeah, I the, take many now. As okay. you know, almost every commercial on Fox is meant for me. Go ahead. Uh,
0: well, the idea is, again, more transparency at places like hospitals where ah. they would be required to show. It sort of, oh, sure. it sort of increases. A, a couple of years ago, they passed something that was supposed to require them to mm-hmm. list prices. This would put a little muscle into it and say like, hey, guys, it really is time because compliance, of course, right. is part of this but it would require them in some places to disclose you know the highest and lowest price they offer for things a cash price that might be negotiated ah, a price yes. through different insurance providers right. and what that looks like it is a real tricky thing about our frankenstein healthcare system yeah. that in every other part of the market you can see prices and compare in healthcare that's very very difficult and as a result, nobody's in charge of what anything costs. So I told in my in my column that is going in the Hill, you can read that there, about the Lower Cost More Transparency Act, that I've had situations where I've asked for an estimate and it was, you know, one third of what my bill ended up being, right? Wow. Because they don't know what yeah. these are. So this would allow for them to get more of that under control. It also allows for this, there's this oh, weird quirk where Medicaid charges more depending on what building you're in for the same exact procedure. So they're gonna try to neutralize that. And that should lower costs for some people. Look at that! It's a thing, guys. In the Hill, you can read about it.
1: I hope this all works out.
0: Well, and the nice thing about it, I think, and this is part of the thrust of my column, is that when you talk about a giant overhaul of healthcare, Mm -hmm. people understandably get scared. Because they like their own health care pretty much, even though it has right. some issues. Yeah. And, they and they're
1: scarred from the last time somebody told them. They don't them
0: want it. you taking you like it away from them.
1: Healthcare you can keep even
0: it. Even though they promise that you can keep it. And so they're scared of that. But small progress uh-huh. and small solutions is yeah. a real thing that you well, we might be I capable mean, of doing. This is
1: something that we've always recommended with, you know, rather than the massive Obamacare approach was tackling bit by bit. Right. a number of these issues, because it's hard enough, as you could say. I'm, I'm sure this was very hard just to pull this off.
0: Yes. So, anyway, you can read about it and have like like a, ti- like a sprinkling of hope this holiday season that the Congress can do things. Wonderful. There you go. All right. Shall we do some Israel news? Well, let's do it. I saw a cool story in the Wall Street Journal. Actually, Steve did, and he sent it along to me. Since the October 7th attacks in southern Israel, coming Kamineer, has been sleeping with an axe, a knife, and a first aid kit within arm's reach. He has stashed away empty beer bottles and gasoline for Molotov cocktails, and he has applied for a gun license. He says, I'm a hippie. I'm peaceful. I don't like this whole gun thing. He's 50. He lives near the village of Givat Ada in the coastal plains of central Israel. But if the army cannot protect me, I have to protect myself. This is part of a trend that we're seeing Mm -hmm. in Israel. Applications for a gun license have gone up 600% since the attack, a huge increase for a country— where there are strict gun control laws, it's a trend that reflects the deep anxiety over personal safety in the wake of the attacks and of the Army's failure to protect Israeli civilians that day. You remember they were on October 7th in some places hunkered down for hours and yeah. hours and hours till yeah. anyone got even to save them yeah. after the initial attack started. I'm glad to see this.
1: Yes. And you're seeing this not just among Israelis, but of course among American Jews. And I had lunch with a friend of mine who is a, he, he's a writer in town who's Jewish, and he was telling me his father up in Westchester, right, not a gun guy, right? That's not his thing. Right. He now owns several firearms. Because, you know, one of the arguments, there's many arguments against the Second Amendment or against gun ownership, right? And one of them is, of course, you don't need it because the police are there to protect you and the government, the military, they're there. Right. So you don't, why, why have it? They'll take care of you. And if nobody else has it, then we're in great shape. But, of course, in the real world, that is not the case. Right. And they're not always there to save you. And the first thing that comes to your mind, more than yourself, is really your family. You know, mm-hmm. your, pro- your property, too, but really your family. And they're not going to just, you know, hope and pray that somebody comes to their rescue in, in a short enough uh, time. And rather that they're going to protect themselves. And who knows? I mean, maybe it will in Israel serve as a form of deterrence in the future in some of these kibbutz kibbutzim. Yeah, because, I would hope yeah. so.
0: And, like, they, the... The status quo anti mm-hmm. was there is no right to carry a gun in Israel. There are, of course, a lot of military around, and the citizenship has experience. I was with wondering about that. firearms because yeah. they all are required to serve and train to some some degree. So a lot of them have experience with firearms. But civilians only qualify for a weapon if they can prove they need one for security. If they live or work in border areas, for instance. According to a 2017 small arms survey, a program of the Geneva Graduate Institute, there were around seven firearms for every 100 civilians compared to 120 per 100 in the U.S. And then since October 7th, they've relaxed some of those rules. According to government data, over 265,000 Israelis applied for a gun license between October 7th and early December compared with around 36,000 earlier in the year. And around 85,000 of those have been issued in that period. And I would say continue issuing, issue more. There was actually a a panel about this at the Heritage Foundation. Josh Hammer of Newsweek spoke on it. Our friend Carol Markowitz, who's Mm a a columnist for the New York Post, talked about it. She lives in Florida and has armed her family. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to play a little clip of her on that panel.
1: Days after October 7th, I couldn't sleep because I would just picture the people, you know, the woman on the back of the truck or the babies that were taken or the dead bodies or any of that. But in the weeks after that, I couldn't sleep because of how defenseless all of these people were, how they did not have guns. They lived close to an enemy that wants them dead every single day and they were unarmed. And I just think that can never be me, that can never be my family. We can never let that happen. And that's the message that
0: Jews should take away, that no one is coming to save us. You have to save yourself. So we love we love self-defense. That's good. That's we good.
1: I'm always reminded of, if you've ever seen the Chris Pine, Jeff Bridges movie, Hell or High Water, it takes place in Texas. It's terrific. It, it takes place around the time of the, the last big recession in 2008 and it's a bank robbery situation. And towards the end, the two brothers... Chris Pine and his bro- other brother Ben Foster, played by Ben Foster, they make the mistake of saying, you know, we got to get one more. You know how it is; it's always one more. Right, it's never enough, right? right, right. right. So of course. They go to one and they decide, you know, they they got the timing wrong and they walk walked in and it was it was a it was basically in a large town or a small city and there are a lot of people there and a lot of people in mind to cash in because it was like the time where you you know you get your paycheck right. you got to go to the bank right and they attempt a robbery. Spoiler alert: it doesn't go well and they run out and gunfire and some people are hit. And one of the things, one of the brothers, I think it's Chris Pine who says to his brother or vice versa, and this is why you don't rob banks in Texas. Because all of a sudden the customers have guns and they're shooting back. Yeah. You know, it's a, a large
0: part of the story.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. And there's a great scene at the end when Ben Foster takes to the hills and Jeff Bridges, who plays the, the sheriff, he just, you know, pulls over some guy in, a, in a, his pickup truck, who of course has a a rifle in his back, you know, at the, in oh, the back. Wow. He's like, oh, let me just take over. Oh, I'm, I'm just taking over the scene. The guy's like, I'll help you. Anyway, deterrence, we hope.
0: Yeah. There remain, by the way, 137 released hostages, hostages, 20 that we've found or executed or have been or have died. 113 still in, cap- in captivity. This is, you know, men, women, children still yeah. at this point. Families separated. I would suggest also just there's a piece in the free press that is the woman in the Hamas video is my daughter. Yeah. And if you can stomach it, you should read it because this is written by a mother who has seen her daughter injured, hurt, captive, and she will not let her be forgotten. Yeah. And she's one of the 17 young females still being held. And she says, you know, this, my daughter should, should be the person that makes you have this primal scream that says, bring them home. Right. Bring them home. Why would, why would we ignore this? And By the way, can I just say. The International Committee of the Red Cross.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Who is doing almost nothing? Perhaps worse than yeah, nothing.
1: worse than nothing? Well, UN UNRWA, right? UN uh, yeah. the refugee. Uh, that's another uh, uh, Agency. The UN. Yeah, right. yeah.
0: In any other hostage situation, the Red Cross would be arguing, "We need to get in there and see these mm-hmm. guys. We need to canvass everyone. We need to check on everyone. This is this is our role." Mm-hmm. Mysteriously, just very very laissez-faire yeah. about these Israeli hostages. So they're not getting the no. medical attention they no. might need. Another violation of the rules that everyone plays by, but Well, I guess only one as, side is supposed to play by the rules. If you've gone to college, I think you know only one side plays by the rules. Yeah,
1: well, very much. If you go to college, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But the uh, the hostage situation continues to be terrible, particularly for that family, I think, the, the Bebus family. Yes. And the women, Peggy Noonan had a column talking about this. The women as well, you know, the rape of the Sabines, as she compared it with. I mean, it's... it's It's the people who refuse to believe it that won't read these stories or watch these videos. The ones who care mostly about it are the ones, I think, who are being also traumatized because you feel compelled to. Right. But I think that there's nothing you can show these other people, to be honest, that will convince them otherwise, because they believe that the IDF, or Israeli paratroopers, killed a lot of the people at the concert. No, it's wild. It is. It's disturbing. And it, again-
0: but as you know, only some kinds of conspiracy theories are bad,
1: Vic. Yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: Others are just fine. Yeah. But yeah, where, where do you go to learn all those conspiracy theories? Yeah. You go to the Ivy League. You go to the colleges. Should we talk about the yeah, Ivy yeah. League? Fancy, oh,
1: expensive college. There's been some fallout, yeah. Vic.
0: Liz McGill, who's the former president, or I guess her, her resignation is not effective immediately. So wh- much has happened. <laughs> yes. Who testified on the Hill along with the presidents of MIT and Harvard. Liz McGill has announced her resignation. She will stay on, I believe, as a law professor. By the way, she's a North Dakota native and an ale- allegedly a constitutional scholar.
1: <laughs> oh, but for those of you who are not watching on YouTube, I'm looking into the distance, like really
0: Mid- middle uh, distance. Uh, so you know, she's out. Some many of our friends on the left are bemoaning this as a loss for academic freedom. Here's the thing, uh, how how pray tell? Could McGill not be hounded out of her position when, in a position on the Hill, she like defends gross speech a little too much, right? That's right. right? Maybe what you could have done is had the same standards for all gross speech, right? And have a record of standing up for speech you don't like so that people don't know it's obvious shit. Yeah. When you say that you're only suddenly you're a big free mm-hmm. speech yeah. advocate. Right. That's the way you escape that problem.
1: There is, you know, this has been written about, and I think Heather MacDonald is one of the people who's written very well about this, and others, there are mandatory Title IX training that goes on in a lot of these elite universities and that tell you about misgendering. Right. And, you know, is, is a complete violation of somebody's, you know, rights and, and hurtful and, has, and cannot be tolerated. But, you know, you can say many things regarding the genocide or death to Israel as long as it doesn't actively lead to the killing conduct on campus really
0: well and here's the thing too is uh, a Jewish person they also don't have a record of punishing the conduct right so like if even if you had a record of punishing conduct that went past speech yeah I would be more willing to listen to your protection of this particular kind of speech by the way this is there's a great Wall Street Journal story again I'm Tipping the Wall Street Journal a lot Mm -hmm. today. But there's a great Wall Street Journal story that sort of does a TikTok of her removal. Okay. And talks about what is sort of a new phenomenon, which is that a lot of the normie to centrist to some conservative, there aren't, you know, they're not all of them are very conservative, but not insane donors from hedge funds and businesses from the Wharton School of Business at Penn, who give a lot of money, for a part the better part of this year have been coming together. Partly because of the uh, the swimmer situation, yeah. partly because right, of the, with, exactly. the Amy Wax situation. Well, it's all who DEI is a, related. Right. It's she's all a tenured, to she's a tenured professor who they're trying to get rid of for her speech. Mm-hmm. They've all sort of like gotten attuned to this and how far things are out of whack. And then there was a Palestinian literary conference yeah. at Penn that included a lot of like really anti-Semitic right. themes and, and the donors people
1: associated with very unsavory. Right, organizations connected to terrorist organizations.
0: Right, and the donors are like, like, what is happening here? So that sort of set mm-hmm. the stage for post October seventh. Yeah, and the donor class at Harvard, at MIT, at mm-hmm. Penn, a lot of these places is acting now like ESG style activist investors, but on the other side. Yeah, oh, right. That is very interesting. That's what's happening. Yeah. They're all they're sort of banding together. They're saying, if you don't reflect my values and by my values I don't mean ESG. Mm-hmm. I mean be frickin' normal in some right. sort of understanding right. of right. basic academic mm-hmm. norms. Yeah. Then I will be taking my money and walking. Mm-hmm. And it's many, 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 many millions of dollars. Yeah.
1: In, in, in McGill's, you know, testimony cost Penn a hundred million dollars. Yes. At least because of that one donation. I think that's what tipped the scales and the board had to meet about it, but of course they said they're just generally upset about her response altogether. Did you enjoy her video where she followed up the next day saying, "I really, it is terrible, genocide cannot be tolerated, I don't know how to. And she said, "I, I I wasn't thinking about it at the time and I should have, so it's my fault. I was so concerned about protecting free speech, I didn't quite realize. But the thing is, these are smart women and you saw them at these hearings looking at each other with smirks and smug. This is
0: the interesting looks. thing. I yeah. don't think they this is part of the part of the donor revolt is because yeah. they're saying you guys are in such a bubble here. Yeah. that they are. They didn't even know that this was problematic ground they were right. on. Right. They didn't no, know No, that's where they are right now. Yeah, they didn't know there was an issue when they came into that hearing. They didn't know there mm-hmm. was anything to answer for because they've only been sticking yeah. up for good people. Because the good people are the oppressed people. Right. And those are the people they stick up for. Yeah. <laughs> and so because they don't have any connection to what the normal world thinks and sees, mm-hmm. they were unprepared. That's why they were think, so smug.
1: The problem is you really you, you can remove somebody like Miguel or, you know, Harvard or MIT or whoever. Uh, the presidents, the organization will still remain. There are there are so many DEI woke types on these campuses that they, you know, the administration will just promote the next person well, in line. It's it, it's it's like the mafia. If you if you cut if you take the the top guy, there's always an underboss, well, and then there is a captain. I mean, you go all the way down. The whole structure has to be dismantled.
0: Well, and that's that's the problem with all. So that that's why the the donors are important, yeah. right? Because you have to have some sort of larger reform. Right. And honestly, I have mixed feelings about marshalling donors and what sure, that looks like and
1: Imagine what that means for you.
0: freedom of yeah. speech and blah, 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 and all that. But you can't play the game in only one direction because right. then one side is just unilaterally disarmament.
1: Again, it's that sort of hypocrisy. Right? It's the
0: hypocrisy. So. so the donors do send this signal mm-hmm. and earn not more repression of speech, but earn an actual honest look at how can you be less restrictive of all speech on campus, I mean, that would be welcome. I think they could save a lot of money. If you're losing money, guys, let me suggest your DEI departments, where you're paying people a ton of money to do not very much work that is hurting your schools. There
1: are more administrators than there are professors in some places, more administrators than there are students in some places. They're all just going about finding things to do, and it's not good. And what they want is for students to go in and learn that and everything that it's anti-West, right? So you're learning about the founding of this country as a bad thing, for example, right? right? It's white supremacy, it's colonizers, it's settlers, and Israel is a perfect example of that. It's the equivalent of that there.
0: Well, and actually Dave Massio wrote a piece. He used to work for USA Today. He wrote a piece saying, I thought this was a good way of putting it, that like they're pointing out Israel's similarities to the greatness of of Western civilization and America, is actually an argument against Israel for college students. Yeah. They don't like Israel because Israel is reflective of Western civilization right. and America. Right. And all of those values. It's
1: <laughs> the only real sort of democracy in the Middle East. Yes. Where, you know, Arab Israelis make up, I think 20% or so. Very and bad. they're also represented in the Knesset somehow. Did you see, uh, this also uh, happened the other day, a large protest of queers for Palestine. And they took over. This was in New York. I haven't seen it. They're marching in support... Like, I think the the largest openly gay population in the Middle East has to be Israel. Oh, okay? for sure. And they're marching in support of the people who want to throw them off buildings. Yeah, so, no big deal. So, okay.
0: Um, can I also uh, just give you a really, before yeah. we get to a more Harvard. important, I, I want to yeah, go to Harvard, Harvard. But before we get to that, just a, a tidbit from, from Yale. Oh. This is how, this is the dumb baby people that exist here. The young woman who wrote a very brave column about, October seventh at Yale in the in the newspaper there whose name is escaping me right at the second, but she reported that on the on the campus in the dining halls Israeli couscous a very popular dish has been renamed to just couscous.
1: Oh come on now,
0: now this is so dumb, so 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 dumb and weak and lame and you are not adults if you can't deal with Israeli couscous. Israeli couscous is also as you know Vic, I'm sure. A different kind of couscous. Yeah, no, it's
1: a specific cuisine. <laughs> yes. You know, so you
0: can't just call it, it's actually culturally insensitive to call it just couscous. That's what I'm going to say.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's silly. It's freedom fries, you know, but for the <laughs> other side. It's, yes. It's their version of freedom fries.
0: Oh, dear. Yeah, they changed it. Anyway, <laughs> that's Sahar Tartek is her is her name, the woman who wrote that original column. If you're Maybe in talk- the, by the
1: way, if you're listeners of the show, obviously you probably share a lot of our Feelings about this; otherwise, you'd be so irate you would have destroyed your whatever it is you're listening to by now. But assuming that, assuming that you feel the way we do, I would like to recommend while we're talking about this a wonderful Israeli restaurant. Okay. In Washington D.C., Sababa. Oh, which nice. It's up on, in Cleveland Park on Connecticut Avenue. Go enjoy. There. It's wonderful.
0: More importantly than the couscous, I suppose. This is Aaron Sabari. I'm writing for The Free Beacon. Harvard University President oh. Claudine Gay plagiarized numerous academics over the course of her academic career, at times airlifting entire paragraphs and claiming them as her own work, according to reviews by several scholars. This is in four papers published between 1993 and 2017, including her doctoral dissertation. Gay, a political scientist, paraphrased or quoted nearly 20 authors including two of her colleagues in Harvard University's Department of Government, without proper attribution, according to a Washington-free vegan analysis. This has gone yes. all over the place. It is pretty, it's pretty blatant side by it side. It is.
1: Okay, so what's interesting is if you wanted to make the case for, in defense of Claudine Gay, right. a lot of the things she's trying to explain are technical. And when you're doing technical explanations, yes. there's only so many variations you can make on it or paraphrasing it. However, this isn't just a one-off. So it's a history of papers that she has done similar things and also while doing it, not providing citations. However, I've seen, you know, there are papers have been done talking about the accusation of plagiarism being racist. So, you know, there is that. Hundreds of faculty members are backing Claudine Gay, but it had to do with defending her performance on Capitol Hill. I don't know if these plagiarism charges, not just by uh, that were brought up by the Free Beacon and a couple of other places as well, mm-hmm. culminating in this moment, if that's going to change their mind. Right. Otherwise, uh, it's a free for all. But, you know, even in, in the piece in, in, in the Beacon, you know, Sibarium interviews lots of other professors who say if this was their student, you know, there's no way they would.
0: Well, that's that's what's crazy that. to me. It would be acceptable. As a student at Harvard, if I were a student at Harvard, I'd just start turning in and everything from, like, AI and be like, what? What are you going to do to me? Right. This, this is, by too, the way, just just ahead. very recent yep. from the Harvard Crimson. The Harvard Corporation, which I guess is the name of the board, yes. Right. expressed concerns about allegations of plagiarism in university president Claudine Gay's academic work Tuesday morning, even as the board declared its unanimous support for Harvard's embattled president, providing Gay with a path forward to remain in office. So they are aware ah. of these charges. Ah. It sounds like okay. we're early in the game here, yes. and this could go not great for her, Yes, I would imagine they're going to try to get rid of her at a later date when you've all forgotten that this is a story. And
1: then maybe she could say, you know what? I was planning on retiring. It just happened to be now. When you did term papers, Mary Catherine, uh, I remember being very paranoid about stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Didn't they kind of like scare the S out of you about plagiarism, Uh right? It Uh was a big deal. I, I remember the back section of my term paper, a lot of ibids.
0: Yeah. I, did, lot I, of just, I would just do a lot of
1: quoting. Like, I'm just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. throw it in quotes. Yeah. It in if it's quotes, something yeah.
0: technical and I'm not sure I'm getting the wording right, put it in
1: quotes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I mean, it, gonna, be, that's a side ci- It gets that's to the point. I mean, it does make you crazy after some point about, you know, do, does everything have to be? Yes. But, you know, but you're always told to err on the side of, say, you know, better safe than sorry.
0: Oh, well. More from the smart set. I got a good story about the, the second gentleman. Oh, yeah. And his wife, the first lady, Kamala well, he sent, Harris. Uh, he
1: wanted to send. I don't want to say glad tidings because that has more of a Christmas yeah, no, he wanted to, um, to it, but... He
0: wanted to uh, commemorate Hanukkah. Yes, this, of course. This Hanukkah season obviously a little has has import in ways that it of wouldn't course. have if there have had not been the mm-hmm. October 7th massacre. Second gentleman, Doug Emhoff, this is the New York Post, uh, the better half of Vice President Kamala Harris, bungled the history behind Hanukkah Monday in a since-deleted social media post where he attempted to explain why Jewish people celebrate the ancient miracle. The story of Hanukkah and the story of the Jewish people has always been one of hope and resilience. Imhoff, who is Jewish, wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter, in the Hanukkah story, the Jewish people were forced into hiding. No one thought they would survive or the last few drops of oil they had would last. But they survived and the oil kept burning. That's not what happened on Hanukkah. On Hanukkah, the Maccabees won a war, correct? And then they were reconsecrating the temple. This was actually...
1: That's the main takeaway, shall we say. Yeah.
0: And then they lit... The menorah, and they were afraid that they wouldn't have oil, but they had oil for eight days, and that—that that is the miracle. But it was not from a position of hunkering and hiding.
1: I don't actually know a lot about Hanukkah, but I wouldn't have sent out a tweet if I wasn't sure about it.
0: Well, the thing is, you can Google it. Yeah, you could. Uh, or you,
1: you also have a staff.
0: You could ask you could ask, any I number not of Jewish people, what is the story of Hanukkah, and, yeah. and non-Jewish mm-hmm. people, actually. Yeah. Uh, and they could tell you better than this version. This is so phenomenally stupid, yeah. and disrespectful actually that they weren't able to google this again we're gonna play the game imagine if it were trump <laughs> imagine
1: oh yeah it would Fielded. not go well Fielded. it would get Dead. a lot of coverage instead we're just okay? moving along oh yeah
0: just no i looked along. it up the only coverage. Love of, to do what the about only coverage of this trump. deleted tweet is like new york post and a couple of yeah, other of like right-leaning yeah. outlets because we can't embarrass the yeah. second gentleman for his total ignorance yeah about Hanukkah, I also it was sort of breaking last night that uh, apparently reported on CNN that some of the American families of Israeli hostages asked for invites to the Hanukkah oh, party and, and they were they were rebuffed. That seems like a real no-brainer, doesn't it?
1: It's kind of sad. Just
0: invite them. Who was invited? Well, maybe mm, uh, Also, I just want to okay. read this this post from Friends. from Noah Pollock, our buddy. Yeah, parodying. The Kamala Harris post, I mean the Doug Imhoff post. The story of Hanukkah and the story of the Jewish people has always been one of diversity, equity, and inclusion. In the Hanukkah story, the Jewish people were forced into hiding by MAGA white supremacists. (laughs) No one thought that they would survive or that the last few drops of CBD oil they had would last. But they survived, and the CBD oil helped their anxiety. During those eight days in hiding, they recited anti-racist mantras and discussed their triggers. That's why Hanukkah means equity. It was during those dark nights that the Maccabees... Dedicated themselves to fighting for social justice in Palestine. In these dark times, I think of that history. It's very funny.
1: <laughs> very funny.
0: <laughs> oh, so dumb. And some people might be like, oh, okay. Wow. That's gonna wow, that is that's that very is. moving. Yeah, very interesting. Very moving. Shall we do some twenty twenty-four? Okay. Uh let me do a, a sort of breaking story uh is that uh Governor Sununu, very popular governor yes. in New Hampshire, is going to endorse and he's going to endorse Nikki Haley. On Tuesday night, which will have happened by the time you guys hear this, Sununu is scheduled to appear with Haley at a town hall on Tuesday in Manchester. His endorsement would lend a major boost to the former South Carolina governor in the first primary state. So that's one popular governor in Iowa for DeSantis, one popular governor in New Hampshire for, for Haley, and zero of those first three states for Trump thus far. But you know what? It don't matter. No, cause he's, he's going to win them both. So he's win. to Yeah, votes. no.
1: After all the excitement in Iowa about Kim Reynolds... And who is the fella who runs the forum? You know, the, the, the oh, see, yeah. we don't even remember Van der his... That's so, right, Platz. And so everyone's like that's oh, he's got to... and congratulating DeSantis on having visited all ninety-nine yeah, counties. Yeah, yeah.
0: And yet, and yet the uh, in, poll comes out in both primary polls and and general election polls, Trump looking very, very strong. Yeah,
1: he's like at sixty percent now. Yeah. So he's just pulling away. When the Iowa caucus happens and Trump wins I do think DeSantis has to stop and really think about if he should go on with this or does he end it? Because I think there's a good chance he ends it. I think he has a very serious money problem already. And compounding this is the fact that he doesn't win, and he spent all his time and energy. He's not going around these a lot of these other states. He's spending no. a lot of time no. in Iowa, and we've seen candidates do this before. I'm going to hunker down and devote my entire time to this one state. And it won't make a lick of a difference. And yeah. even every now and then they do win. Pete Buttigieg won Iowa. It didn't make a difference yeah. to him. I'm not even thinking that DeSantis is going to win Iowa. Nikki Haley, on the other hand, that might be interesting with her getting the backing of Sununu. If, for example, Chris Christie decided to drop out
0: No, I, I, and
1: then throw his support again, to her.
0: As with all these things, I'm always like that is a neat thing that in the customary practice of politics would no. make a difference but do they ever make no. a difference in this area no, of endorsements
1: politics? in general now um, The thing that
0: concerns me about a a Haley versus a DeSantis and look she has she has room to make this case mm-hmm. is that I have always thought that DeSantis was the more natural now he has to deal with the fact that he hasn't shown this on the ground yet right he's the more natural candidate to bring together mm-hmm. Trump critical and peel off yeah. Trump voters. Because yeah. Nikki Haley does not peel of off it. Trump voters in the same way. No they but have again, concerns. We're seeing momentum from her and not as much from him outside of those yeah. those important again, I'm using the word important endorsements, but we don't know how important they are, right? No. Because this is the Trump no. era.
1: And and but we are, what we do know is Trump is now leading an eleven of thirteen polls, I think, over Joe Biden. Yeah. In particular these new ones that have come out in Michigan and Georgia.
0: So this is two two battleground states, Michigan and yeah. Georgia. With broad majorities in both states holding negative views of the sitting president's job performance, Trump is Trump's leading in those states. In Georgia, a state Biden carried by a very narrow margin in 2020. Registered voters say they prefer Trump 49 to 44. That's not a small gap.
1: That's beyond the margin.
0: For the presidency in a two-way hypothetical matchup in Michigan, which Biden won by a wider margin, Trump has 50 percent support to Biden's 40. Yeah with 10% saying they wouldn't support either candidate, even after being asked which way they lean. Now, I believe I saw also that in when asked if Trump's indicted, the margins shrink oh, sure. to one. So I would just note for anyone, or, or no, if, he, if he's convicted, if excuse he's me. Convicted. I think we know he's been indicted. <laughs> I would just commend to anyone who thinks this is like not going to happen. I do feel like there are a lot of people who are like, we're just going to keep doing the normal thing and Trump's not going to be convicted. And right. it's like, I don't know, he's up against juries in three blue cities. Like yeah. I, I, And eventually this is going to come to a head, and then you've taken a situation that was a 10-point or a 5-point right. lead and made it a 1-point or less.
1: Because even if this happens before the primaries or the caucuses, hypothetically I don't think, but if this were to happen, he'd still probably squeak out the win. And what we're talking about, I mean, it would get, maybe maybe it would lessen his lead. In Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, who knows? Maybe that would get smaller, but I still think what we're looking at is by next summer a Republican nominee who's also convicted, and, and I think that's what and that's what we have chosen.
0: Look, and it, I understand people's concern that that's by design, and that they therefore have to stick up for Mr. Trump. If if you stick, if the party sticks with him, yeah. the entirety of the party's money and super PACs and all this stuff is, is not for down ticket races. Right. It is for a legal defense fund. Yeah. Which for already, this guy.
1: It costs a lot.
0: It costs uh, so much money.
1: Yeah. No, uh, he, he would be draining that. But again, I, I feel like you're given a choice of other candidates who would more handily beat Joe Biden. But we're going to choose the one. That just barely squeaks by right now, and again, it's right. impressive. It is impressive because everyone's worrying about, oh, what else you know could happen with Trump. Well, we already know everything about Trump. There's no surprises yeah. about him except for the verdict in, in in these cases. And even if you feel that, of course, like especially in the New York, the real estate case with the the the, the overvaluation of his properties, which right, is right. completely bogus. I mean,
0: like most you know? of them are pretty bogus. Yeah, and then that the said, documents one is like not so bogus. That said,
1: if if that happens, then you're, then again you're voting at you're, you're voting to, you know despite the left, but I don't know if it is going to be enough, particularly with independents, to carry uh, Trump over the finish line. Also,
0: let me just read you the numbers for Haley: forty nine to Biden's forty three in Georgia. Yeah, fifty to thirty eight in Michigan. She leads him. Desantis Biden trails in Michigan to Desantis forty nine forty two, and then in Georgia fares slightly better forty eight. He's up on Desantis in Georgia which is in that's the margin of... That's interesting. Yeah. Really? The mar, it's within the margin of error, huh. I think. But uh-huh. it's close. But that yeah. is an interesting switch. That is
1: an interesting one, I figured, because, you know, he's the neighboring state, but yeah. whatever.
0: So that's that's where that stands. But, I also... Yeah. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, but Joe has his own problems. I oh, mean, problems I mean, just think, of, just, oh. just think about his son. That's not going to go away. The yeah. problem of Hunter's not going away, the, pro- the problem of his age is not going away. The only thing that might get better... Is the economy the outlook on the economy? Unemployment remains low. Gas prices are stabilized, and if inflation uh, continues to tick down, and I just want to say, the media is definitely doing their part to carry the water because all the headlines are about inflation is down, when in fact inflation inflation continues to go up, just not as much as it did a year as from a year ago, right? Yeah. So it's it continues to increase, but the in smaller rate, increments. The rate the, the rate is decreasing, but yes. that is not what you're going to hear.
0: Yes, we should note that that. Hunter Biden has is facing charges.
1: Serious ones.
0: Senator Chris Murphy, a Democrat from Connecticut, said in a Sunday interview that the case against Hunter Biden is legally justified. So the dam sort of breaking on that front. Look, do I think voters in 2024 care about legal consequences for Hunter Biden and gun charges for him? Mm -hmm. But I think this all creates the picture that we should have had in 2020, which is that this family's. Got yeah, some very it's serious not, problems. This
1: is not the most amazing- And then you know, some Some
0: of them get pretty close to old
1: I remember, Joe. I remember how uh, folks got so excited about Hunter's special taped message to Americans during the Democratic Convention. And he looked so polished, and he looked so good, and everyone's like, oh, this is the sun. He's, He's got those veneers. Up. He had to- yeah, he First had those to get this. Then... Yeah, th- that'll do it. To you. He turns your teeth in the Everybody fangs. in that family
0: got veneers. I'm sorry. I might be defaming somebody. I don't know if all y'all have veneers, but they look like a lot yeah, of them have veneers. No,
1: no, but I think the media have decided that they're not going to defend Hunter anymore. The funny thing is, this is all Well, about, they really
0: put it on the line in 2020. They for really him.
1: did, but you know, like Jimmy Kimmel the other night had made a joke. He said oh, Hunter Biden is is the is the son Trump should have had. So, how do we bring it back to Trump is the whole thing. That is
0: a wild switch up.
1: Yeah, that's the joke. And let's just forget about him. But the whistleblowers have been vindicated because on our show, Mary Catherine, we have talked about, you know, money that was diverted, you know, to, for example, uh, instead of paying taxes, millions of dollars in taxes that Hunter Biden owed, you know, escort service, the sex clubs. He's writing them all off, right? right? Yes. And I felt like it went nowhere. Suddenly, you know, the charges come down from Weissman, and everyone's talking about it now as if this is breaking news. Yeah. We've known about this for some
0: time. Well, yeah, no. They're basically charging now for the serious. things that we knew from the whistleblowers yeah. had happened, right? Yeah. So those are six, three felony tax charges in relation to tax evasion and filing a false return. So we'll keep you updated we'll keep you. on that. I wanted to note one crazy yeah. poll result from a CBS poll I saw Oh, this yeah, week, sure. To try and con- c- control inflation. Would you approve or disapprove of government price controls? Do you want to guess how many Americans are in favor of that? I'm afraid
1: to. T- I'm afraid. I'm afraid to know.
0: It is 66. I
1: was going to say 10. Approve?
0: Say 10. Oh nope, you are wrong. 66% approve. 34% disapprove. I fear that we will regret not having taught people basic economics.
1: Yeah, about sort of command economies. Sure. Great.
0: How's that going to happen? Okay. Look, guys, we must finish with Oh, by the this way, story. it is
1: it is one in four Democrats do not approve of Joe Biden's job now. Woof! Yes. Democrats.
0: We got to finish with this one. Everyone's been waiting, Vic, for your reaction to the Susanna Gibson rehab. Oh, you want to do that one? We got to do yeah, it. Okay. okay. Mary, Mary Catherine,
1: why don't, why don't you give our, our listeners the blow-by-blow?
0: Blow? <laughs> Good one, Vic. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So you'll remember, getting hammered listeners, mm-hmm. that- a Virginia Democratic House mm-hmm. candidate, Susanna right. Gibson, yeah. a nurse, attractive lady,
1: very, running for the state very
0: House of Delegates mm-hmm. in that pretty important Virginia
1: very important uh, race, in the right? Richmond district,
0: area. Uh, yeah, sort of Henrico area yeah. in Goochland, Goochland. County. Mm-hmm. She was running, and it came to the attention of the Washington Post via an Oppo dump um, that she had done some online live streams Mm -hmm, that were pornographic in nature with her husband for an audience wherein she is saying to camera which sex acts she will perform and how much you can tip her for those things. She's saying, I'm raising money for a good cause. I believe this is either very shortly before she ran or contemporaneous Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to running for the House of Delegates. Now, she lost that race, but not by much, I should say. no. Not by much at all. Um, again, speaking to camera, mm-hmm. this is recorded.
1: Right. It's on the internet.
0: Alex Burns interviews Susanna Gibson for the Politico. And this, I just. Mm-hmm.
1: All you need to do is read the headline and the subhead. And yeah, that... actually, we,
0: we could just. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Her online sex life was exposed. She lost her election. Now she's speaking out. Susanna Gibson's campaign was rocked when an opponent exposed her private digital life to the public. She won't be the last. And then there is a long, ponderous interview with zero hard-hitting questions no. in it, zero requirements that she clarify why she thinks she's the victim when she was literally live casting Asking these acts.
1: money for a number of really sort of but
0: we just we just skip right over that right into hey you know millennials and younger have lived their whole lives online and wouldn't it it be a shame if we just eliminated all of them from consideration for public office because they have foibles in their past yeah foibles like what like this
1: yeah yeah this is fine and it's none of your business and how dare they expose something that was kept secret from the non-paying customers? So the thing that jumped out at me just from the subhead alone was her private digital life. Mm-hmm. What does her private digital... You know that, again, and I, I mentioned this before, it means paying customers only. That's no, that's, what she, that's what she means. private digital life. That's what she means. And the suggestion that it was like on the dark web? No. That's a whole other thing. And then, and then the other thing, of course, is her, she threatened to sue people. And she said, we're going to go to the FBI. How did they find this?
0: Her entire I had no life. No idea. Her entire life was rocked, guys. Look,
1: she—it's her lifestyle. She, she chose it, fine. But you know, well, she this, just is it. this is one of those things.
0: This is one of those things. where, like,
1: I was into it. That was do my I jam. Think,
0: do I think the actual act is mm-hmm. inappropriate? Not my cup of tea. Sure. Mm-hmm. What's more annoying is you lying to my yeah, face yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. I do not like this at all. No. This is an actual quote from her. I didn't have any idea that were there were ever videos of me that had been made. Oh, come on. And then the second part of the sentences sentences and uploaded to multiple sites. Now, mm-hmm. I think the very legalistic de- distinction she is trying to make mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. is that it was a live stream. And a live stream, much like a FaceTime or a Zoom, is not necessarily recorded and turned into a video, right? Like it might just be out there in the ether. But that would mean that if I, I like Zoomed, mm-hmm. and I assumed it wasn't being recorded, that like I'm allowed to say to you, I had no idea a video of me was made. That's insane. No. Everyone knows mm-hmm. that's a lie. Yeah,
1: that's right. Now you
0: cannot know that it was cr- that it was screen- screenshot mm-hmm. and captured mm-hmm. and sent other places. No. Sure, but you know the video was made because you were there when the video was made and you were talking to the camera. Yeah.
1: No, I-, I don't think this is helping her. I don't know. I'd like to think not. I feel like she's dug herself into a deeper hole. Okay. That wraps up. I think Mary Catherine's got to go. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorio Manis. And again, be careful of that black ice.
0: I'm at MK Hammer at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Follow the show at Getting Hammered Podcast on YouTube and Instagram. Check out my column in The Hill. And thanks for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.